When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast once again. This is your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. I am once again joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Dittmar. You can find him on Twitter at AnthonyDittmar underscore. And Joe Farrow. You can find him on Twitter at SwampDragonStan. How's it going, guys? It's good, man. Yeah, same here. Can't complain. Nice, nice. Just want to start with James Harden is back, baby. <laughs> we've we've harped on a lot last episode. Hey, hey, maybe and, just a little. Maybe yeah, just a little. We manifested it. <laughs> he shut us up. He shut us up. He shut up the entire world, at least for one game. So, but before we dive fully into our nets, Anthony, if you want to just give us a quick little rundown on the injuries that have happened in the league. But yeah, so there's been a lot of injuries the last few days since we last talked, a lot of injury bugs. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference rival, Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo, their star center, needs surgery to repair a torn ligament in his right thumb. And he's, it's, 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 it was under in the game against the Nuggets Monday. So that'd be four to six weeks, but go all the way up to eight. So it could be the 20 to 25 games. Devin Booker got hurt for the Phoenix Suns. He had a hamstring injury. He could be out a couple weeks. You know, the hamstrings linger like we saw with James Harden last season. Damian Lillard also got hurt, and he's out at least 10 days to abdominal injury. Then we saw John Morant get injured with a concussion, going to concussion protocol, so that can be very well be any time frame. We really don't know how long those can last. They're kind of like, can't really tell. We saw SGA get hurt against Houston. They're saying Drake cursed him. I don't know why Drake was at the Houston OKC game, but he was. <laughs> and LeBron entered health and safety protocols. And apparently he had like one uh, negative test and two positives. But over the last two days, he tested negative multiple times. And he's going to be clear to play Friday against the Clippers, which is uh, kind of shocking. So I guess it was a false positive. And I guess then, you could say I guess you can say it's a La Fishy. It is La Fishy. <laughs> and the most prominent injury to the Brooklyn Nets is uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Fell hard on his back against not sure they're playing, uh, but he got injured, and now he's going to be questionable against Brooklyn. Minnesota has about six injured players heading into that matchup, so the Nets could be catching another break. Although the Knicks kind of had five guys questionable as well, and they all ended up playing until Barrett left in or, uh, the game in the second quarter. Yeah, 
there's a it sucks I, the injury bug always bites at some point it's been pretty quiet so far this season compared and to then, last year yeah <laughs> right compared to last season and seasons past and then boom it just felt like half the league got hurt <laughs> obviously there's some nets injury news that happened as well but we'll go into that in more detail later in this show um yeah, the LeBron thing was weird because he tweeted out like something as fishy with like a bunch of fish emojis and like it was it was just a weird tweet coming from him. It's funny. They, was, it's funny they yeah. flexed him out of the ESPN Friday. Flexed him, yeah, yeah. They uh, <laughs> took out Lakers Clippers, right, and they put in uh, Suns Warriors. Yeah. yeah. In, in reality, that's that's a smart call. That's a smart call 100%. by the NBA in general. Definitely but. a good move. By the way, I just want to say, I did not know there was that many different fish emojis. That man went <laughs> off. LeBron is an emoji warrior. He likes tweets. <laughs> it's so, it's so crazy. It's the emojis yeah. and the hashtags, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he did have two negative PCR tests more than 24 hours apart, as Shams reported. So that is why he is able to play. Um, at least that's what they're reporting. So um, a little weird that he kind of complained about it through Twitter. And then I think it was the next day that they're like, oh, you're cleared. You can play. Well, but, you, said, you said Shams reported that, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that well, was the NBA's uh, statement. The league made a statement that Shams just ended up okay, releasing. Okay. But the, the weird thing is I was watching the Pat McAfee show this morning and Shams was yep. actually on and he was talking about the LeBron situation. And he was just right. like, yeah, so he's going to, he's going to, he's probably going to miss at least 10 days. But while we don't know, it's still uncertain. Like Shams was saying this literally this morning, like not not even twelve hours ago. He's saying, "Yeah, he's probably gonna be out ten days, miss about five six games. Who knows?" But now it's all gone. So it definitely yeah, is he, he tweeted at uh, six thirteen the NBA's statement. I don't want to read the whole thing; it's pretty long. But to sum it, he had two negative PCR tests only twenty four hours apart. And that is in accordance with the protocols that have been in place since the 2019-2020 season restart. Um, so he's back, which good for LeBron. The Lakers need him. Yeah. And we don't care as Nets fans because we won't see them for a while. But <laughs> we're um, anything else from around the league? I think we pretty much covered most of it. Phoenix still hasn't lost yet, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're unreal. Everyone panicked when the uh, Nets beat or lost to them, but they're up to what, 17, 18 wins in a row? So 17 in a row. 17 in a row, and their next game is against the Pistons. So watch them lose that one. <laughs> they got uh, Pistons and then Warriors again. There's 17 teams in the league whose season is apparently over, or at least everyone said that when the Nets lost. So, yeah. But um, all right, let's dive into it. Knicks, Nets. Bing bong, some might say. <laughs> well, so all of my main takeaways, it was just for like, even as a neutral fan, which obviously none of us are, we're all big Nets fans. It was a very enjoyable basketball game to watch. It was back and forth. It was a game of runs. It was super competitive. The atmosphere at the Barclays Center, the Clays was amazing. Um, it was, I wasn't there but it sounded like a good mix of both Nets and Knicks fans. I don't care if people say there was more Knicks fans than Nets won the game. Um, the Nets defense in the first half was pretty poor, and it allowed the Knicks to take a lead. I believe it was a one-point lead going into the half. Um, they scored 60-something points, 61 points, I believe, off the top of my head. I'm not positive. 
and Kevin Durant did not shoot well. I think he was like two of eight or two of he nine. Six he only had points six, in the first half. Six points, yeah. And then that's the way that won. So I felt pretty good. I was like, there's no way KD is going to shoot this poor again, which he came out not great in the third, and then he took over late in the game down the stretch like Kevin Durant does, um, whether it was at ISO at the top of the key and the low post, and then obviously at the end of the game, um, when he was at the top of the key, they sent the double, he passed it to the wing, and then the wing kicked it to James Johnson in the middle, and he got hacked by Mitchell Robinson, and he ultimately made the two free throws, and the Nets win. And, of course, James Harden. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he had a decent game. I don't know what you guys think on that. Yeah, in the first half, James Harden looked like James Harden. He had, like, 30 points. He was being aggressive. He was getting. He was making the step back threes, which we we noticed he was struggling on. We said last episode, and he kind of like started making them. It was great to see him actually get at the rim. He was a mid ranger. He was kind of like attacking at all three levels, which we haven't seen. I feel like in, in a Nets uniform, like him attacking the rim, mid range, and three point line, which was nice. He got his free throws too. But in the second half, when the Nets kind of went on that run, he kind of became like the facilitator again, which the Nets needed because they wanted to get some more guys involved. Because if you heard on the, one of the mic'd up uh, timeouts, Thibodeau said, like, Harden's aggressive tonight. We got to, like, start doubling him. So Harden probably figured that would start happening. So he started, like, getting his teammates involved. We saw DeAndre uh, Bembry get involved. We saw Patty Mills start the second half with, like, two big steals and two big threes that kind of propelled, like, yep. the 15-0 run we went on. And down the stretch, KD kind of just was KD and, like, it just iced that game. That t- that, that double team, though, was honestly perfectly timed. Like, KD was driven to the court five seconds. As soon as he passed it to Johnson, I was like, okay, this is going overtime. We got, I think we got bailed out crazy with that foul. Like, it was a foul, but I'm saying, like, we're lucky that he fouled him because I don't know if James Johnson would have made that, to be honest. But I'll right. take the win like that. And Fournier scared me after he hit that 1-3 when he took the one and a half. Oh. I was like, bro, oh, my, I'm not going on Twitter for like a week. <laughs> my thing with the Fournier thing, just to cut off before you talk, Joe, real quick. The Nets' defensive scheme pretty much last year or so far this year has been switch everything. Ball screens, off-ball screens, literally just switch everything. The one time they don't switch is when you have to switch on that Fournier three at the end of the game. There is no Brown, excuse man. for him to be that open. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Brown yeah. Man, this is assignment right there. Yeah. It was just like also we forgot the James Harden put back dunk was Oh my god, that was beautiful. It, it it hyped me up, it hyped up James Harden. He was he was about to lose it. It was just amazing to watch. I think I've ever seen the back. <laughs> right. And then James Harden also joining the twenty five hundred club for three pointers made. And he's fourth. He's fourth all time now, right? Fourth all time. Yeah, he has been fourth. He's ahead of Kyle Corver, who was fifth. And then Reggie Miller is third. Big shout out to Reggie Miller. Reminded James Harden that he is James Harden. And James even mm-hmm. kind of credited Reggie Miller a little bit. It's like seeing hearing an NBA legend say that really uh, hyped me up and got me going. So yeah, I mean James, this is like one of the like I know like we were talking last episode saying like Harden's been up and down all year, and it's like he'll have one good game followed by a really bad game, and then a mediocre game followed by another very good game, and then two bad games. But to, but like Tuesday night, he looked fantastic. He like he he even shot over fifty percent, which is shocking. <laughs> like how he's been playing so far this year. I mean, he finished eleven for twenty. His three his three he was under fifty percent for the day, but three of eight isn't bad by any means. He got to the line ten times, almost had a triple double. 34, 10, and 8. It was like that was that was definitely fun to see. He had what 28 in the first half, it was 30. 
I think it was 28. I think it was 28, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 28 in the first half, but a lot of people are saying that's because Lil Baby is uh, with a new girl now and James Harden's upset. (laughs) (laughs) I found that hilarious. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was really good to see from James Harden. That putback was definitely got everybody hyped. That was a lot of fun to see. Yeah. And he hit that big three right at the end of the half, too. That brought the Nets yeah. one. Yeah. Huge. Cam Thomas looked great, too. He looked like him and KD have some great chemistry going on. They kind of could have spawned each other after the KD ankle brain car on Randall. He could have shot it easily and made a highlight play, but he kicked out to Cam Thomas for a sweet three. And Cam really – he was the first guy off the bench um, against the Knicks. So, he, he might be, yeah. like, moving up in the rotation as we speak. Yeah, he got 21 oh. minutes. I love this little sidetrack of the Knicks game. I love the back and forth between Cam Thomas, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. I don't know if you guys saw the Instagram. Yeah. I think it was a story. <laughs> it was of the James Harden put back or something. Harden was like, yeah, like it was my first one ever in my career, so I was pretty hyped. And Cam Thomas just like, I don't like quote tweet it. I don't even call it on Instagram. And I was like, that was a weak ass putback, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's a picture of the Nets on their Instagram today, and it's like, because they're doing a KD shirt giveaway tomorrow for the first, whatever, entrance into the stadium. And we have Cam Thomas wearing KD shirt, and he just looks miserable. <laughs> He's not smiling. He's got, like, the biggest, like, frown on his face. It's just hilarious. That shit is funny. Cam Thomas, like, <laughs> I love, like, the energy he brings to this team. I feel like last year, like, we did have some, like, goofy guys, but I feel like there wasn't, like, that, like, one clown on the team, and I feel like Cam kind of brings that for us. Like, not that it's necessary, necessary yeah. but it definitely makes the team fun. I feel like Cam is what yeah. brings the clown out of, like, Harden and Durant, too, which is funny. It's just funny to see a 20-year-old rookie, like, he got, he's definitely very talented, but he's got the swagger to go with it. So. Yeah, it's like his confidence is just at an all-time high, and why, why shouldn't it be? Oh, it's, I, it's I, so fun. I can't believe, what's it called, um, he fell out tough at, like, 27. Yeah, I know. No, it's ridiculous. Just to see him mess around. That's, with that's yeah. That's that's something series. that people are going to be talking about for a long time about how he fell. <laughs> Down <laughs> <down>. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you guys want to touch about with the next game? Once again, the Nets beat the Knicks. I believe it is four times in a row they have beaten the Knicks, nine out of 12 times, and they have taken the overall lead between the two teams. 102 to 101, and I believe it's 106 to 105, and including the playoffs, or 106, 107, something like that. So it's been a pretty uh, even rivalry, I guess you could call it, throughout. It's, a, it's an inner city rivalry. Inner city, the subway series. Battle of the boroughs. <laughs> Same thing, yeah. Yeah. Any other guys want to touch on it? Uh, Paul Millsap looks very much. Paul Millsap. Yeah, we'll we'll get to little Paul Millsap's talk later into the uh, <laughs> little into the episode. It was, um, it was funny hearing Knicks fans uh, cry about the refs. Yeah, bro. Like, I don't know, man. They're like, oh, the Nets fans are like, oh, they're so happy. It's just one regular season game, and then the next tweet, they're like, oh man, we only lost to the refs. Oh, we're the better team. We were the one if the refs called some fouls for. Them. Bro, like it's just a regular season game. Why do you care so much? It's just a game in December. November, November, November it was. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's actually uh, a tweet I saw today. I think I saw it by Anthony Puccio, and it was, I think he just quote tweeted it, where it's like, which NBA fan bases complain the most on Twitter? Yeah. And it was, the, it has, it had, uh, I think it was Lakers were one, Knicks were two, and we were three. 
Yeah, something like that. I think the Knicks might have been one, and then the Lakers on the Nets, something like that. Yeah. And, I know and we were three like, for sure. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, man, all 15 of those Nets fans surely complain a lot on Twitter. <laughs> All right, you want to jump into the injuries for the Mets? Obviously, the big one, Joe Harris. The last time we talked, we talked about Joe Harris. Um, we recorded on Sunday. It got posted on Monday. And then Monday, we found out he was having the surgery. So when we talked, we were like, oh, it's kind of weird that he's not in a boot or anything, but he's not participating in basketball activities. And sure enough, the next day, it was announced he was having ankle surgery. Um, yes, his timeline but, is four to eight weeks. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. In my opinion, knowing the Nets. And yeah. Like, knowing yeah. the Nets, it'll be closer to eight, which will give him a return of like end of January, early to mid-February. So he still should get 25 games under his belt to end the season, assuming there aren't any setbacks in his recovery. Yeah. It's a bummer. Joe Harris is like the mystery like invincible for the Nets in the last few years. I feel like he's always played like 78 to 82 games. And I felt like just the way he played, I guess, in early in his career, was just a shooter. So like he wasn't really putting himself out there, but now he's kind of like more dimensions to his game. He got called the ankle injury. Everybody gets injured at some point in their career. Glad it's not like season ending or anything like that. So hopefully you get him right. It's the right t- right way to do it. They said he wasn't feeling right when he was like rehabbing it. Like it was kind of odd, right. like an ankle sprain. So it was loose particles that could kind of clean it up and take care of it. Yeah, I yeah, bet you I... if this was like the playoff time, he would have still been able to play, kind of play through it. But the Nets just have the time now. They just want to get it taken care of now and not have to worry about it later into the season is my take on it. Well, the Joe Harris, yeah. you're going to be upset. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they have – Um, I think they. I saw a stat. It said Joe Harris has pl- averaged playing like 71 games per season for the Nets. And that number sounds low, like when we're talking about like Mr. Invincible. But you got to think one of those was the shortened COVID year. Right. And one of them, like, I mean, the COVID cancellation year. And then the other out of the last four years was like the 70, 70 game season. So it's like with those two shortened years and then, and then him still averaging 70 game, 71 games a year, I think that he played in, that's extremely impressive, but got to hope Joe gets back and gets well soon. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see guys stepping up in his absence, like Bembry. I mean, I know he was more of like a Bruce Brown kind of filler, but he's there to stay in the rotation. I don't think he's leaving even when Joe Harris comes back. And then, obviously, Cam Thomas has been incredible this last week and a half, I would say. So, the mentality of next man up. And then, finally, we got some Nicholas Claxton news. He was sent to the Long Island Nets. And then he was recalled, and he is not on the injury list for tomorrow's game. So we might finally be releasing the Claxton. That is true. Um, I guess they they finally got him to get over his uh, flamonia shingle pox or whatever he had. And <laughs> I think they announced what it was. <laughs> what happened? They actually announced. I think he actually. Yeah, it was mono. Oh dear God. Um, <laughs> like Mono can last that long, so it makes sense. Like honestly, it does make sense. My God, though. Ugh. All right. Well, glad he's back, though. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Sam Darnold had it too for the Jets, and he was out. <laughs> That's because he was going to Hoboken bars, though. I don't know what Claxton was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Claxton was about partying with Harden, probably. <laughs> he was going to the club. Yeah, he's going to the club with Harden. 
Yeah, I don't think Claxton will honestly start. Like, even though he was starting the first few games, they're definitely yeah. going to bring him off the bench. I think uh, even if he's like gets his minute up, I don't know if the Nets will start him based on matchup. But they're definitely, you I mean, you see at least a week or two where they're going to obviously the quote was ramp him up. So I feel like we're going to see like limited minutes and kind of just see how where it goes from there. Because honestly, he has to prove himself that he belongs in the rotation. But with Blake and Paul Millsap playing so poorly, if he just shows kind of like some types of flashes with his young, fresh legs, I don't think it's impossible for him to get minutes like quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think for the first couple games where he's back, he'll probably get around like seven, eight minutes a game. And then they'll slowly start bringing him up. Like he'll probably go from like eight up to like 13 and then probably end up around somewhere like 17 minutes per game if he's coming off the bench. So that's that's probably the easiest way to work him in. Just start him low and just keep slowly increasing the minutes. I, I, agree. I, I can see him kind of taking that closing role because Steve Ash has shown that he doesn't really want LaMarcus Aldridge closing games because of the defensive part. James Johnson was out there towards the end of the last game. and Even Paul Millsap was playing some fourth quarter minutes kind of late. So I could see Claxton sliding into that role because he's – the defensive part, he can fit the scheme of switching and then he can still finish around the basket, finish lobs from Harden. So he doesn't kill the offense too much as long as there's four shooters around him. Yeah, and they got a plan too because they got to boost his trade value for February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is certainly something that we will be talking about as we go later into this year and next year because he's pretty much one of the only pieces on the Nets that they really have any value in to trade. Losing all the picks and whatnot i don't know what kind of return you get obviously it depends how he plays but they've made it clear like this team was built around three stars like obviously the three max salaries so it was kind of meant for three stars and a bunch of like minimum guys and guys on rookie deals there's not really a lot of room for guys like in that middle tier which clocks it maybe like a little below that middle tier like they already have joe who's like kind of in that threshold so other than that i don't see them giving him like any type of deal unless like they miraculously get him back for like a minimum or something like that Right. I mean, that that plan works when you got a GM like Sean Marks who finds low tier guys that end up being middle tier. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think, I think we could, we have, we obviously have Claxton's bird rights, so we could sign him for whatever we want, really. But most likely it'll be a version of like the MLE where he's getting like 10 million a year. Yeah. So it should be interesting. But like Anthony said, their team was built for three stars. We haven't really addressed it too much yet on the show, but let's dive into it. Today's the day. Kyrie Irving. Um, so Shams is on the Pat McAfee show this morning, like Joe said. Um, he said Kyrie Irving is not close to getting vaccinated, which obviously means he cannot play in New York City. Um, and then Ian Begley reported that the Nets are listening to phone calls for trade offers on Kyrie. There's a lot of back and forth on Twitter. If anyone trusts Ian Begley and his sources, most people are resorting back to 2019 when Ian Begley disputed that Kevin Durant was coming to the Mets at one point. He he had an article that said, sources are saying Kevin Durant's leading towards the Mets, but this isn't true. And obviously it was true. Um, and then you can throw it back on the Nets. If Kyrie doesn't get vaccinated after the new year or whatever, would they consider allowing him to play away games? Do you, is it, could that be beneficial for the Nets? Could it not be? Um, there's very s- several debates that could be had within this entire Kyrie Irving situation. 
Um, where do you, how do you guys want to talk about this? How do you want to go about it? Um, I guess the first thing is, would you entertain a trade offer? Let's say if it's February week before the trade deadline or a few weeks before, and he's not getting vaccinated. He's made it very clear. And he's, and he makes it clear. He's not going to the rest of the season because it's either, I guess there's two decisions here. Yeah. Do you trade him and then get like less than an ideal return? Because what Shams also said was his teams are hesitant to trade for him. Because one, obviously all the uncertainty that comes along with Kyrie Irving. Two, he's an expiring contract. He does have a player option, but there's no guarantee he would play anywhere else. He said after the Nets, he would retire if he like was like like right. never not playing for the Nets. I don't know how true that is, but it seemed like he pretty much wanted to stay here and be home because he's from East Orange. It's local. So I don't even know if a team would be willing to give up what it would take to get a Kyrie Irving if they don't have the certainty that he's going to sign a long-term extension. Because what do you, to give a guy for Kyrie Irving, you're going to have like a King's ransom, maybe a little less given the circumstance. So I don't really know. So it's kind of like, if you're the Nets, do you like, is a half a season of Kyrie Irving better or, or a minimal return better? You know, I, don't, I don't think Sean Marsh is just going to let him sit the rest of the year and get nothing for him and then not let him play. There needs to be something before that. I don't think you can just let that much salary uh, sit there, especially with the way the roster is constructed, like we said. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't, like right now, we definitely should not pull the trigger right now because – we're staying afloat right now. If we're more towards, like, we're past the new year, we're coming up on the trade deadline, and we find out, like, for sure that no mandate's going to change, no exceptions are being thrown out there, then you definitely listen. And I don't know if there's a world where you can't say, like, if there's, like, a, de- a deal where there's, like, two very solid role players that could come in and help the team on an expiring contract, and, like, you're just fed up with – everything that's going on, which I could imagine that the Nets front office is probably pretty fed up about this by now. I don't see a world where they don't at least consider pulling the trigger on a less than regular value just because your window is a certain amount of time. And there are teams that are being constructed specifically to take down the Nets. It's just, that's just how it is. And I don't know. I could, I could definitely see it happening. I don't want it to happen. I'd rather him just get the shot and come back, but (laughs) I, honestly, yeah, that, like, it makes my stomach stick to think about potentially trading him because it seemed like it was yeah. like a match made in heaven when it happened. Like, I know everyone all said, like, non Nets fans were hating on it, saying, like, this is Kyrie, this is what happens. But, like, this time it seemed a little different. So, it, it honestly would hurt to see him yeah. not play another game for the Nets. I mean, personally, I would rather him just play away games than trade him for role players, personally. Um, but then you also have to factor into it. We don't want to look this far ahead, but next season when he's a free agent, the Nets can't give him max money, especially if the mandate's still there. There's all these new COVID variants that keep coming out. So, like, I don't think this thing's going anywhere in the short term. And you can't offer him a max contract, max extension when he's not eligible to play at home. So there's several factors that the Nets have to think about. And, like, Joe, I think it was Joe said, like, the windows win now. You have Kevin Durant here in – I would still say it's prime, but towards the end of his prime, he's not 27 anymore. So like, you need to win now and you have to do whatever it is to win now. I just wish there was a world where like the Nets could pull off something like how they did with um Aroldis Chapman when they traded, like with the Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs. They got Glaber Torres and they <laughs> let Chapman sit, let, let Chapman go win a World Series with the Cubs and then just sign him back in the offseason all while taking the Cubs top prospect. But I don't like that's impossible for us to do. I just wish there was a world where that could work. 
Well, I was but, thinking like, oh, let's trade him away. Let's like trade him for Ben Simmons and then have him come back in free agency <laughs> in the summer. But like, I didn't want to be the one to say it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Because I was thinking, no, I mean, it. I, it's just so unrealistic in the NBA. Yeah. It's very realistic in the MLB. So, what happened in the NBA like, actually? Um, I don't know if you guys remember this. In like 2009, the Cavaliers traded. I think it was 2009. It was around that time frame. The Cavaliers, it was LeBron's first in Cleveland. They tweet. They traded Zadrunas Agalskis to the Wizards for Antoine Jameson, and they knew they had a feeling the Wizards were going to wave Agalskis anyway. So the Wizards waved the Golskis, and then they ended up re-signing a Golskis. So he ended up having like <laughs> out, and they got both of them for the deal. And the Cavs got Antoine Jameson. I remember yeah, but you, but you also got to think, <laughs> Golskis was not making a match. Oh, I know, I know. It was <laughs> so, and they don't. They definitely were not in the cap hell that we are in. <laughs> so it's just not gonna. It's just not gonna work that way. So it's like. Oh no, I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen either. Personally, <laughs> the Ben Simmons one's probably the best player you'll get. If you have to trade Kyrie Irving in like a one for one type of deal, because I don't think a team would trade like a Dame or uh, I don't even know. Like, I mean, like, who else would even like be on the table? Like, maybe like a Brandon Ingram. Like, yeah. And I mean, I don't know all the markets that have the vaccine mandates right now. I know it's like San Francisco, LA, and New, and New York. York. That might be it. I think that's but it. Yeah. I think that Ingram takes all really those. Make sense. Like, in terms of a team getting rid of their top salary guy, unless yeah. someone becomes unhappy. I don't know. It yeah, just yeah. it's a really shitty situation. I don't I'm not gonna panic until the new year. Like right now I'm like a lukewarm yeah. panic. I'll panic if Durant and Harding get hurt, because then we actually really need Kyrie. But that's like that's like code red. But let's not let's not manifest that at all. But a new year is when you kind of have to start. Like the ball needs to get rolling. Like right. yeah. there's there's still too many variables in play to uh to just like be able to take a guess of what happens, like no one really knows. All these reports come out, like I, I, I read them, but like, are they real? Um, <laughs> I feel like Kyrie is just so like unpredictable and so like quiet, and like, who does Kyrie talk to? This gets leaked. <laughs> it's like is what I want to know because like I feel like Kyrie is very like reserved and. Besides the couple Instagram lives, you don't really hear from him besides the images that he posts on his Instagram story. Oh, yeah. And I guess I guess the picture doesn't have to see in whole basketball games. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know. I hope I hope we see Kyrie Irving in that uniform very soon. But like I said, who the hell knows? Um, so one last quick little debate kind of thing. But Paul Millsap has been picking up some extra minutes. He hasn't really looked great, I would say, nicely. <laughs> um, he hasn't really given the team that much. And some people are calling for Blake Griffin to get his role back. What do you guys think on that? Uh, I think they both give you almost a zero on offense right now, like during at least the season. And the Millsap's been out of the lineup and stuff for like personal matters. But Blake's defense, I think, puts him over Millsap for me. But maybe you give the Millsap thing a few more games because you said you wanted to get Blake's mind right. I say you go through his back-to-back and maybe, like, another game after that and see how Millsap looks. You kind of get, like, a good read on him, get, like, five or six games, and then make a decision. But honestly, like, so far, it looks like Blake at least gives you the defense while Paul doesn't. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think I'd rather play Blake still because Blake has proven over the last couple years that he is an above-average shooter compared to what he used to be. Um but it's just I, – I do have faith that at some point Blake will get his jumper back. 
just definitely looks off so far this year. He doesn't really have his legs under him. You could say the same thing about Paul Millsap so far. But I yeah. think Blake is definitely the go-to over Paul as of right now. What if what if I told you guys that I don't think either of them have to play when Claxton's back? If they both if Blake yeah. can get a shot back and Millsap stays the same, I think you run a big man rotation of Aldridge, Claxton, and uh, James Johnson. I think if you, when you need yeah. them, and you even even play small ball with Katie at the five sometimes. I agree. Yeah. If they're both going to be minus players, then the simple answer is just neither of them, especially with Claxton's back and is conditioned. Totally agree. Yeah. I can see a world that happens. We'll get there. So um, when we last talked, like I said, Sunday, we posted Monday. You both predicted our Brooklyn Nets would go one and two on the week with two more games this week and one win. Does that mean you guys are picking the Timberwolves and the Bulls to win? Uh, I think I'm going to change my heart here. I'm going to uh, uh, go full circle here. Back on his <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go three and a week now. <laughs> three? Wow, my God. I can't keep oh, up with man. this, man. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, if we were going to lose one, it's the Bulls game, I think, it's the second game of the back-to-back, and I think they're the better team. Like, Timberwolves have been hot, and, but there's but the Towns injury. D'Angelo Russell just doesn't play defense. And I think we're, we're a better team than T-Wolves. I can see the Bulls giving us trouble like they did last time. I, I, I would like to beat a good team, so if we could beat the Bulls, that'd be cool. It's big for the standings, <laughs> too, because they're one of the teams, like, right on our butt. So I would hope they go 3-0. Honestly, the Bulls game is more important. I don't know if they'll rest people. Like you guys mentioned the other day, I don't think they will because they'll be two days off after the Bulls game, but we'll see. Right. But that's how I see it. I'll, I'll stick with my one and two prediction just Jeez. because just because just because Anthony changed it up, I'll stick, I'll stick with that one and two. <laughs> but if, if, Ta- if Towns doesn't play or if he's in a limited role, I think we definitely do beat the, the Timberwolves. Yeah, I guess the Timberwolves, the big thing is going to be what the injuries they have, because I think someone said they have like six guys that could not play, possibly. So if that game ends up being a blowout or something and the Nets players don't end up having to go too hard that game, then there's no reason why they shouldn't play Saturday. Even just the way the Nets have been kind of approaching this season, I would be pretty surprised if they don't play both games unless something happens. Like they tweak an ankle or something, any player. But for the most Knock part, I think we should see, yeah, I think for the most part, we should see a full Nets team, both games. And I'll stick with my two and one. I think they're going to split it. I think the Bulls are going to be the one to do it, truthfully. Um, but then again, the Nets already lost to the Bulls, so they're going to lose to them two times in a row. I don't, I don't know. So it could be Anthony's 3-0. and We got all bases covered, so <laughs> – <laughs> With someone I, I had to be, I had to be the fall guy to take the one and two. Yeah, <laughs> one of us three will be right. There is no way around. This it. is one true. Of us will be right. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on? Uh, I think we have most of the bases, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like just like I was saying at the end at the end of our our episode that we recorded on Sunday. Just everybody, make sure leave us a review. We'll read one out at the end of every episode. We don't have any yet. They're still all bunch held up from the the old uh, people who ran this podcast. So we'll be sure to read one out every episode. Just make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Yeah, guys, thank you for the support. Find us on social media. Listen to our pod, obviously. Just leave a review. We'll read your questions. We want to interact with you guys. Follow the Twitter account. We out like news throughout the game, entry updates, stuff you need to know about the team, anything that's crucial you need to know. So make sure to follow us on Twitter as well.
sir. I agree with everything you guys said. And once again, this is the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Cody, Anthony, and Joe. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will be back beginning of next week after the two games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.